And I am Pat Shea. And we are happy to be back in your ears. Yes. And I got nothing. Sorry. Okay, let's try it again. We got vaccinated yesterday. No, okay. Yeah, we'll try again. Hey, welcome to Funny Parents. I am Mary Teresa Archibald. And I am Pat Shea. And we are coming to you now as two fully vaccinated people. Yes, yes. And if you can tell the lethargy in Mary's voice. (laughs) I am. I'm very sleepy. For some reason, our second appointments were a day apart. And so I am fully recovered and and peppy and uh, yeah, ready to go run a marathon. And I mean, we are. You're actually fine. What? Are we- yeah, I'm fine. I don't feel sick. I just feel tired. Yes. Uh, we are Team Pfizer for those that are following along to the Hogwarts houses of yes. vaccinations. House. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we are so excited to be back. Um, we want to give a couple shout outs. Yes. First, hey, I w- we want to thank Vicky Ray, 1971, who uh, who left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so, so much. And I love this review because it starts with no kids. I love this show, even though I don't have kids and don't plan it, but love the kids' story uh, stories. And thank you, Vicky. Uh, that's not the first review we've gotten like that. And I, I love that because uh, sometimes being a parent you feel like your life just turned all inside and is very insular Mm -hmm. and so i love that uh that you enjoy these odd little things that happen in our lives and our friends lives thank you for leaving review so please go share it among friends groups mom groups parent groups uh like us review us all that good jazz that goes with it helps people just find the podcast as you know um because you probably listen to other podcasts and And every podcaster says it it helps people find us it does which is it i apparently it does it does i will Um, take a i will learn about that and we are excited of course that folks from all around the world are listening so a quick hello, yes, to Beltsville, Maryland. Woo! Hello. And Pullman, Washington. Actually, Pullman, Washington's been on our list of, high on our list of listeners a fair amount. Yes. And so, so thank you. Yeah, thank you, everyone. And uh, uh, please keep listening. So one of the things that we're cooking up here, Pat and I, is that we want to create more content for mm-hmm. funny parents to listen to. And we're not sure what you want to listen to. Yeah. What do you want? To, what do you need? Do you want something narrative like a story, like storytelling? That's more like a story. Yeah. <laughs> I got vaccinated. <laughs> My brain is not working. That's like a story. <laughs> or is it something that you want to hear from experts? Do you want to, gather a panel to tackle a topic. Um, So we're going to put something up on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash funny parents. That's one. And we're going to put a little poll. And if you have ideas, add options. We would love to hear. Yes. And we'd also love to hear from you. Uh, As you know, we've been uh, setting up those journal pages uh, once a month, either through the email list or at Facebook pod. I'm sorry, funny parents, podcast.com. Uh, we have the email list. We also have facebook.com slash funny parents and, uh, where you can find the journal pages as well. And, you know, obviously those journal pages are for you at the same time. If there's an answer, something reminds you of a memory and, uh, and you want to, you want to get down, please. We'd love to hear 
your stories. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we started this to hear from our friends and uh, and check in with our friends to connect our kid cocoons. And uh, at the same time, we've met new friends along the way. And, uh, and we would love to hear your stories. So if you want to send them to us either through the Facebook page or at uh, funnyparentspodcast.com uh, through the uh, contact uh, uh, contact page page there, we'd love to hear your stories and, uh, and maybe read them on the show. Yes. So yes. keep that in mind. Speaking of new friends. Exactly. Uh, so today's storyteller is a hilarious, hilarious, hilarious mom named Mo Reynolds from Montana. Yes. Yes. And as she said, she is like North Montana, like North Montana, meaning she sees Canada from her porch, Mm -hmm. Montana. Uh, She lives there with her three kids, 15 chickens and two pigs, which seems glorious and a whole nother world to us New York City dwellers. (laughs) Uh, But I had the pleasure of meeting Mo through... Uh, the Women's Storytelling Festival, which I was a storyteller in, which was created by episode 15's uh, Jessica Robinson. Yep. So Jessica had me come in, and then I saw Mo tell this story about her kids, and it just cracked me up. And I was like, we have to get this woman on the podcast. So I am so excited. She's a storyteller. She is a writer. You can follow her on Instagram at Miss Mo Reynolds, which sounds very formal, Miss mm. Mo Reynolds, and Mo Storyteller on Facebook. So we are super excited to for her to share her tales yes. of parenting. And I will say, uh, again, we do put the explicit lyrics uh, on note on the on the um, podcast. Uh, at the same time, this is uh, uh, an an episode we'd love to make sure that you don't listen around tender ears um, because it involves. Christmas time. A lot of, yeah, it involves Christmas time. And a certain person. It involves leprechauns. Uh, and it involves the human anatomy. Yes. Enjoy. But yeah, I do have a story to share. There are kind of a few stories, but so my husband and I, we have three kids, um, Isaac, Lucy, and Emma. And I think that honesty is a, is an important part of parenting. (laughs) It's also a really complicated part of parenting Mm -hmm. and it has its like drawbacks and pitfalls and things like that. And we lie constantly as parents, like we're constantly deciding like what we're going to lie about, what we're going to tell the truth about, like what's, what's a good lie, right? Like Santa and the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy. And I'm really, really bad at those lies. Like I'm so bad. I've tried, I tried to be a mat. And you'd think like as a storyteller, I would be like this really great magical mother, but I'm so bad at like the mythology of Santa. I, I, I always say like, oh yeah, I got that on sale. And my son's like, you mean Santa? I'm like, right. <laughs> and you know, I never look cookies, but they can always tell the handwriting is in my hand. You know, it's mom, this mm. and I'm like, what do you mean? That's totally slanted. They're like, no, this is, so, I'm just terrible. And my sister is like an overachiever. Santa mythologist like she has walked on the roof they make like reindeer food with glitter and cornflakes and like put no. it in the yard like they're hardcore and I'm I have raised a bunch of unbelievers I'm really bad at it I am good at the tooth fairy because 
I've written some really convincing letters from the tooth acquisition department explaining why their money is late. Like I've written, and I've even created letterhead. Like I've done this the right way. Right. And so I've written it up, typed it up, had letterhead of explaining like, well, the large stuffed bunny figure frightened poor little fairy tooth fairy number 791. And she had to go get help and so we're delayed and then one time because we were out of cash the <laughs> department wrote this long formal letter saying we're trying to get more modern and so instead of cash we have simply wired three dollars to your mother's debit card for you to <laughs> <laughs> wish at the ice cream parlor right and so my I rocked the thing. My parents, my kids might actually believe in the tooth fairy still, but we did try to do we did try once to do St. Patrick's. I was feeling like super Pinterest envy, I guess. And I'm like, look at the, the, these all these moms are doing for St. Patrick's. Day. Like, I can do this. I gotta up my game. And so I can crash my house in the name of St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I like dumped cereal on the counter and we took their toys everywhere. And then I got green tempura paint and I, you know, I painted my, this edge of my hand, like, you know, I used to make baby footprints on your windows when they were steamed up in the car. And so Uh I like made footprints with my hand prints and like little thumbprints uh, up and down the mirror and along the walls. And my kids woke up and it was like magic. I was like, and they're like, the little you walked on the mirror and there's stuff everywhere. They're finding gold coins in their shoes. And it was like, I totally dominated Tim Patrick. And then my daughter was flipping through my phone and she found a picture that my husband had taken of me putting green footprints. She's like, mom. you're not a leprechaun (laughs) and it was and then I tried to like like well you know they just they asked me to do it and I you know anyway I was I'm just the worst I'm the worst at mythology but Hmm. I have tried to be honest like in where it really matters and so (laughs) um, (laughs) one of the areas that we've tried to be really honest in is about like the human body so as Mary Mary said she heard me tell stories at the Women's Storytelling Festival. So she may know that a little background of I was raised in a home with like where bodies were not discussed at all. (laughs) We didn't use the word but and I still like don't let my kids use that word around me. And all I've asked for Mother's Day is one day without the word but or fart. Like that's all I've asked for. (laughs) And and so like the birds and the bees, they were just not even brought up. And I I literally did not understand how babies were made until my sophomore year in college. I took a biology of women class. Oh my goodness. And then I learned the mechanics of it. I was like, that's disgusting. Right. <laughs> I had a very, um, very pure childhood. Um, but it was important to me while I valued like the purity of my childhood, I didn't want my children to be raised in that same sort of like, um, where they were like ashamed of talking about the body. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't want that. Right. So, and my husband is a marriage and family therapist. Um, and specifically early on in his career, he did a lot of work with children that, where there was sexual trauma or abuse. And so it was very important to him coming from ba- that background. And from my background, we both were like, we're going to be really open and honest with our kids about bodies, you know, and we're going to use the correct terminology because it's just a body part. Like adults, a lot of times we like project like some sort of shame or embarrassment, but to a kid, it's like elbow, eyebrow, penis, vagina, toenail. Like it's just a part of our body. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was really important to me to use the proper words from like very early on. And this, 
um, was, I think, a good decision, but it also led to some really interesting moments, right? <laughs> so my son Isaac was three when we had Lucy. And I remember the first time he saw me changing Lucy's diaper. And, um, and he looked at Lucy and then he looked up at me with like real concern. And he said, mom, where is her penis? And I, I was like, okay, well, we obviously haven't covered all the material. <laughs> um, I said, Isaac, girls don't have a penis. They have a vagina. And then he got even more concerned and he's like, but mom, how will she pee? Mm-hmm. And so I had to explain to him how that worked. And then he was really sad for her because I think he had suddenly realized that his dream of like peeing in the woods with his little sister, <laughs> right? and that he was never going to have a sword, a stream sword fight at the toilet bowl. With his mm-hmm. little like, you know, the tragedy of girls not being able to pee in the woods standing up. That's real. That is really sad. And so, yep. um, but she held her own. And so when she was like four, four or five, so he was seven or eight. They were in the backseat of the car and they started having a really um, deep philosophical debate on what the most important body part was. Oh my gosh. And Isaac declared that it was the brain. The brain is the most important body part. But then Lucy piped up with her little voice and said, no, it is the vagina. (laughs) And they go back and forth. No, it's the brain. No, it's the vagina. And then my son finally says, shouts and ends the argument by saying, Lucy, you cannot live without a brain. You can live without a vagina. (laughs) And so Lucy like conceded. I mean, there was a point. He had a moment. (laughs) You do need a brain to live. So they agreed that maybe the brain is more important than the vagina. So a few years later, my daughter, Emma, joins the party. And Emma began talking very early and very clearly. Like she was super verbal. And this is not because we're like reading her Shakespeare in the womb. I think it's <laughs> Emma from birth was like, I got things to say to you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to say them as soon as my lips and tongue will let me, I'm going to let you know what I think. And so we had this running documentary on how a two-year-old processes the world. And it was fascinating. And, uh, and she's still like that. There is no filter in Emma's brain. Like what mm-hmm. pops into her brain comes out her mouth, which as a 12 year old is less entertaining than it was. True. Three. Yeah. But she also is so inquisitive and she wants to know the answers to her questions. One time when she was asked, um, Emma, what would your superpower be? She said, I would have the superpower that whenever I asked anyone a question, they would have to give me the exact answer. <laughs> wow. The CIA agent? <laughs> because she was like, she would ask me what time it is. And I would tell her, and then she would say, Mom, I didn't ask about what time it was. Oh, little boy. Yeah. I want to know what time is it? Is it four o'clock? And I would say, No, it's 4.03. Then say 4.03. <laughs> what time it was about. And so her first watch, like we gave her a watch early on and she was so excited and she like raised her fist in the air with her watch on and her wrist and said, I am now exact time girl. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what time it is exactly. 
And so, <laughs> so when she wanted to know where babies came from, mm. like she wanted to know exactly <laughs> where babies came from. And we've always subscribed to the philosophy of like, we meet our kids questions about bodies and sexuality, like where they are. Right. So mm-hmm. we don't like give them a whole discourse when they just maybe want to, you know, a little answer to a little question. So we just kind of answer the questions as they come. And it was clear that Emma was going like, she wanted to know right? <laughs> yeah. where do babies come from? And so my husband was on tap for that conversation. And he's luckily, cause he's the professional. And, um, and he said, Oh, you know, the sperm and the egg. And she's like, where is the sperm? Oh, it's in the dad. How does the sperm? <laughs> oh my gosh. What's the sperm? And she's like, no, how like is it a bug does it crawl out like <gasps> oh my know, god how does it get in so we were like all right seven-year-old we're gonna have this conversation so <laughs> oh. he breaks it down and he told her exactly how the sperm gets to the egg and emma <laughs> emma looked at him with just horror and he said do i have to do that when i read? and he said you don't have to um but i know it's hard to believe right now but someday like it is enjoyable and it is something really special between a husband and wife. And she's like, probably rolled her eyes and was like, yeah, I don't buy it. And then she said, dad, do teenagers do that? <gasps> and my husband was like, this is a great learning opportunity. So he said, yes, Emma, teenagers do this, but it never goes well. Because it's a really big, important thing to share with another human. And teenagers just aren't ready for that. So that's why it's really better to wait. Um, ideally, until you're married, until you're an adult, and you can, you know, really share this with someone. And she's thinking, like, this landed. Like, this is going to be great. And she's like, yeah. And what if you want to do an obstacle course? And you can't because you're pregnant. <laughs> What if you get pregnant and you want to do an obstacle course and you can't because pregnant? And he's like, yes, that's also a reason you shouldn't (laughs) because obstacle courses. And I feel like that's something that maybe they should introduce in the sex ed. It'd be like, you know, kids are like, it's getting kind of hot and heavy here. Wait a minute. Obstacle course. Let's pump the brakes. <laughs> I don't want to give up the obstacle. That's too, much. That's too much. So yeah. that was the birds and the beast conversation with Emma. And <laughs> later on, one time we were talking, this was in, actually just a couple of years ago. Um, we were having a conversation. One of my husband's brothers, they have nine kids. Um, and so he recently got a vasectomy um, to end at nine. And they, and Emma, of course, here's the word vasectomy. And she's like, what's that? Tell me what, like, she needs oh. to know everything. So, so we explained what that is. And so they're like, so that they don't have more kids. Um, and, and somehow something like fell into place in her brain. And she was like, wait a minute. Do you have to have sex again every time you want to have another child? <gasps> <laughs> And I could see in her mind, she's like, Aunt Kat has had to have sex nine times. (laughs) That poor woman. (laughs) So funny. And so, you know, to wrap that up, all of that, what do we learn from this story? I feel like honesty in parenting is a really ambivalent thing. (laughs) And that sometimes it's really good and valuable, to be honest. But you always have to be prepared 
for what kind of conversations or consequences will follow when you tell your children the truth. <laughs> oh my <Wow>. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So I can say that my kids will tell you that I'm 24 years old. Mm. Uh, I yeah. think we've mentioned this before. A couple of years ago, I said my age, my older one has just been adding years on. So for some reason, yeah. we're sticking with the idea that I'm currently 24 years old. Yeah. Yes, it is a lie. No, I'm not going to fix yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, and maybe this came up when we were talking about it. Uh, as the boys have developed in math, they've really gotten curious about the difference in our ages <laughs> and how old mommy was when we got married in 2005. And when I had them. Yeah. 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 So that's interesting. That's so, interesting. you know, a kid asked you something in public. Yeah. Say that's 21. All. Just say 21. Just say 21. <laughs> and, and And then deal with the burgeoning consciousness yes. as it comes. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, oh, thank you so much for listening and, again, for rating, reviewing, liking, uh, and uh, and sharing with your friends. We are always amazed when we see uh, that people around the world are listening. And so we hope you enjoy the stories, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more. Yep, and head over to facebook.com slash funnyparents and let us know what more you need and would love to hear. Yeah. Thanks so much, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>